all your school rugby all in one place. This is Next Gen 50. There we go. Which always leaves me in a bit of a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Next Gen 15 podcast. And I've got a very special guest alongside me today, Will Roberts from Young Rugby. Will, how are you getting on? I'm very well. All the better for being back on the pod, Angus. Oh, it's good to have you. And I realise we've not had you on since before the St. Joseph's Festival, I don't no. think. How, yeah. uh, how was that? Although it was about a month ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it does feel like a lifetime ago. And I feel as though I think a lot of teams have certainly moved on from then. But uh, I think that, yeah, it was, as always, as St. Joe's goes, an excellent tournament and um, had all the thrills and spills um, that, that you could get, sort of the, the narratives of the Millfield um, and your Denston and, and all these sort of Wellington College looking for that, that sort of final piece of their puzzle. There loads of little sort of bits of narrative that you could cling on to. And it was just a, a really good weekend as always. So yeah, still, still thinking about it, of course. Yeah, well, it was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, as you say, so much to think about with it. Millfield back-to-back, first time anyone's mm. done that in over a decade. Trinity on their debut, getting all the way to the yeah. final. Um, just loads of stuff going on. And to be fair, you were proved right in your predictions, which were that there was one of any one of about seven or eight teams could win it. And I think we all got to the end of, uh, of day two with pretty much that feeling. Any one yeah. of eight could have won it. But uh, lo and behold, it's the eight-time champions, Millfield, that... Um, that went away with it. And I suppose as we're on a bit of a Millfield pattern, um, we might as well just reflect a little bit on them. We'll, we'll get into some other stuff in a bit, but school's championship returned on, uh, mm. on Saturday, we went down and had the, the live stream of their game against Whitgift history suggested tight game. I was doing my, mm. doing my research beforehand. And, uh, last year, Millfield had won it by two points Colts last year, Millfield had won it by points. So that's, you know, fundamentally, yeah. This year's first team are all used to that game being really tight. They'd both played Wellington College, of course, and both been separated by a point or two. Other results through the season might have suggested that Millfield would be would be the stronger of the two, but I don't think I saw that coming. 52-19, Millfield are extraordinary. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's a real showing of when Millfield get their spine working, when they get um, Johan Emmanuel, Johan Davis, um, and uh, in, in that back line, you've got George Koshflat back as well, and uh, and their and their engine going like your George Timmins, these sort of players, they they really did get ticking at St Joe's, which is why they sort of went under the radar, just going through the motions. They seem to have used that as a catalyst to sort of really warm themselves up throughout the season, and it just seemed like a really clinical performance. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was very tidy and um, quite relaxed as well. Um, so it just shows just how dangerous that Millfield side was. Yeah, they, I, I was I was really impressed by them. You're absolutely right. It was the they were quite relaxed in their approach in the positive sense of that, and they were it was every facet of the game they were switched on in. That yeah. was the impressive part. It was just there, there wasn't really a weakness. Um, Whitgift actually put them under quite a lot of pressure, had quite a lot of mm. possession, but Millfield just didn't look under a huge amount of threat from that, other than a couple of malls where Whitgift were were extraordinary. Um, although, to be fair, Sean Kerr, he scored a, an incredible try, bouncing off, actually, to be mm. fair. <laughs> I think he bounced off Timmins and Emmanuel. 
I don't reckon any other player this season no. is going to have done that or will ever do that. They're two extraordinary players. Timmins is, is fast becoming my favourite player on the circuit at the moment just because he's, yeah. such, he's such an old-fashioned back rower. He just goes he and makes a mess of everything. I love it. Um, but the, the highlight of the day for me it was definitely the look on Johan Emmanuel's face when he grabbed an intercept on the 22. Yeah. He, I've, I just, there's nothing quite like a prop having that sheer joy no. of knowing that they've run in, <laughs> knowing they won't need to exaggerate how far away it was. They, yeah, absolutely. Just go, absolutely. I ran it in absolutely fine. Um, but anyway, I better actually start this podcast with uh, some of the bits and pieces that we're supposed to do to start it, such as saying that it's on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, please like, subscribe, rate, review. Apparently, it's all very, very useful stuff. Um, you can follow us and get in touch on at NextGen15, and I'm on at Angus Savage XV. Will, you are, of course, Mr. Young Rugby at Young Rugby. <laughs> Uh, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you directly, do you want them to? Oh, no, they can go away. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> um, best best form through uh, Twitter, at Will Roberts Sport. Um, you can get in touch and just tell me how wrong I am. I always love it when people do that. Well, you know, you know that you must be saying something vaguely interesting when people start telling you that you're wrong all the time. <laughs> well, at least that's what, that's what I tell myself anyway. Yeah. I may not be right. Um, so a bit of news. We... Uh, began this week with a new partnership being announced with yeah. Limitless Sportswear, um, which is very good news for the likes of you and me, Will, in particular, because that means that we will be dressed up nice and warm on touchlines. Absolutely. Um, coats, hats, jumpers, the, the works. It's all it's all coming in. We're going to be nice and warm. Um, but they're a great bunch, actually. We've we've had a few meetings. Mm-hmm. With, well, obviously, we've had a few meetings with them. <laughs> uh, but they are they're great guys. They love... Uh, they love their school sports and they're they're quite entwined with uh, with the world of of schools anyway because they are partnered with uh, or they're part of the same company that is school blazer who pretty much do everyone in the country's school uniform uh, yeah. so they know a thing or two about the school system um and they're also actually supplying brighton college's kit i had a i had a look at mm. the, the latest kit that brighton college have got and uh, it's very nice very nice lovely we're looking forward to that, but in more wide-ranging news, um, or news, I say news, someone out there knows that this is news, we just don't know it yet. The Schools <laughs> Cup uh, draw has been announced, uh, or is be- has been drawn, it was drawn at 4 o'clock today, it's now 4.15, um, and I'm told it will be announced tomorrow. But I think it's worth us just having a little chat about that Schools Cup, because yep. I don't know about you, but for, for a while, to me, it was a... It wasn't quite as you'd want it to be in terms of its competitiveness, in terms of the the quality of teams. I don't mean the teams that were in it were poor, but what I mean is that the teams weren't necessarily teams that you go, oh, yeah, they're a contender for being the very best team in the country. I think it's moving back towards that a little bit. Um, You Mm -hmm. only have to look at the fact that Harrow are in that quarterfinal draw. Um, and an unbeaten Trinity face the Judd tomorrow in a regional final. Both of them go into that unbeaten. Obviously, Trinity, you know, we've mentioned, and are one of the best teams around, but the Judd um, unbeaten and would love an upset. They seem, they seem like the banana skin this year. Um, do, I remember that, 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 Tunbridge, that Tunbridge victory as well. Uh, that just before St. Joe's. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas a real sort of statement statement play just before just before half term, 
and they seem to be just going under the radar and doing their work against Trinity, which get all the headlines. Um, so I think uh, that's a match I've been particularly looking forward to. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome because I just think as well, it's in many ways with Judd, it's sort of, it's low pressure. Yeah, like every other game they have this season is high pressure because they're now unbeaten and everyone knows yeah. that they're a really good side. And so there's an element of expectation. They go into this with no expectation. Trinity are one of the top three or four teams in the country. I don't think anyone would really be arguing with that. And and therefore, current, Judd, and no, current champs. Yeah, well. exactly. Holding champions, reigning champions, all the rest of it. There's no nobody out there expects the Judd to win. So if they do, it's just the most immense result. And if they don't, it's no skin off their back. They go back to their Saturday fixtures and they they keep on doing what what they're doing. Um, for Trinity, there is a bit of pressure because, mm. as you say, it's a proper banana skin, isn't it? Mm. But uh, I'm just let's have a look at some of the other teams in there because. I was having a look earlier and some of these teams have the most extraordinary records. So Oakham, unbeaten, had that yeah. incredible victory against Stowe. Um, absolutely bonkers game, but um, came through it, uh, which says a lot about them. Kings Macclesfield are unbeaten as well. Yeah. Up in the north section. And RGS Newcastle have only lost one game and that was against Sedbert. Um So, you know, <laughs> you, can't really, you can't really knock that. Um Two sides in the southwest that are in that quarterfinal mix, Marlborough College and Blundells, have had a couple of more difficult results, but have also, you know, taken some pretty serious scalps on the way through here. Mm. Um, you know, just looking at it now, Blundells last round knocking out Sir Thomas Riches. I was lucky enough to see Sir Thomas Riches the other week and or last week in fact, and they were brilliant. Um, Marlborough College going to Seaford College and getting a result there. So you know, they're, they're yeah, good that's signs. massive, but. The one I want to sort of home in on is Fimber. Yeah. I, I, just, I, what, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what, where they've come from. It is, it is like watching an Eastern European team go deep in the Champions League. I, that's, yeah. that's what I'm seeing as <laughs> where you go, they're, they're drawn up against Man U and then you go, all oh, right, no, this is where they're going to fall. This is where, and then you go, oh no, they, they've, beat, they've won there. And I, yeah. I'm just, I'm really excited to see how far they go. They, they, they've got a few sort of Saracens Academies lads. So the key heart seems to be um, Kapoku, yeah. uh, Junior yeah. Kapoku. Um, his, his name obviously may ring a few bells. His two older brothers who are now, uh, I think is Coventry and Leon. I think his older yeah. brother is Leon, his younger yeah, his brother is Coventry. Um, but, but both play for Saracens and he's, and he's pretty much as big as them now. He's, he's a man mountain who plays for them at eight. And um, just been getting results and, and knocking teams down. And I mean, and also the list of teams that they've, they've beaten yeah. this season, it, it's not to be sniffed at. St. Joseph's at the weekend, Bedford in the previous round of the Cup, Northampton's, Northampton's School for Boys in the regular season, Ipswich as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. These are not insignificant teams at all. Not at all. Yeah, not these at all. are big, big results. I've said something. I think last weekend when I was previewing the uh, the St Joseph's game, I said they've they've already pretty much announced themselves as the strongest side in Suffolk, um, and realistically, you know, for for a fair few miles beyond that. Um, yeah. But there was actually a, a weird bit of pressure on that St Joseph's game because St Joseph's aren't the strongest team in Suffolk at the moment, but they certainly have been in the past. But because of the prestige associated with them and the kind of passion that they bring, yeah they're kind of that team that you have to take the scalp of to sort of be able to go, yeah, we're it. And, um, mm. and they went and did it and in some style as well. <laughs> exactly. 
and they're in they're in the good side of the draw. So the I think the way it works is um, for those that don't know the the North and the Midlands sections those four sections get drawn into one side of the quarterfinal draw and the London and South East and the and the South West get drawn on the other side, which means Finborough getting one of Oakham, Kings, Macclesfield or RGS Newcastle. I mean, they're all tough games, but it means that they avoid Harrow and Harrow, potentially, yeah. potentially Trinity. So they'll be they'll be thinking we've got we've got a route to Twickenham here. They do. They really, really do. And and it would be one of those sort of rags to riches sort of stories that you really you don't we don't see much of anymore in schools rugby because uh, for for better or worse, a lot of schools now have the ability to pump so much money and resources into their sort of infrastructure which means that you get teams like Millfield who will reign and be at the top level for a long period of time there isn't as much sort of influx and change in the the, the top sort of teams now as there was potentially 10-15 years ago so to have a team like Finborough who can who can just keep on knocking down these these big giants is um is a is a real big sort of um, I, I just I just see it as a, a nice sort of part of the school's cup that can sort yeah, of keep a, our keep our value story. within rugby. It's a great, it's a great story. story, isn't it? And for some reason, all the all the sort of big newcomers on the block all seem to be from Suffolk within within yeah. a couple of miles of each other. It was Ipswich last year. You know they've solidified their position now, and and here come Fimbra. Um Turns out Su- Suffolk is the place to be. Um, which my mother will be very pleased about because she has a pub in Suffolk, so she'll be hoping for oh, an influx of school school rugby yeah. fans coming into coming in to visit. Um, I should say the plate, vase, and bowl are uh, are also getting drawn. Uh, well, as we speak, I presume those draws are still ongoing. Um, the bowl and the vase are still at the regional final stage, so they'll be slightly complex on the draw front, but the plate. Have their eight quarter finalists confirmed: Barnard Castle, Solihull, Bloxham, Haytherbury, Epsom College, Wimbledon College, RGS High Wycombe, and Monmouth. So that's not a uh, that's not not. A, I was trying to think of the collective word for eight, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But that, an octet—that's an octet mm-hmm. of some quality. That could mm. well be the wrong word, but I'm going to go with it. I'll roll with it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, other news we've got a huge bunch of live streams coming out so tomorrow we are off to broad street rugby club um which is always so much fun this middle middle wednesday in the second last week of uh of november every year sedbury against wellington college starting off we've got a live stream of the second 15 at 4 15 and then into the the school's championship game five, round five sedbury against wellington college I think of that and I just immediately think of last year and that insane mm. 38, 32 all draw Ben Redshaw doing absolute bits toward, towards the end of yeah. that game. Just like, I think if anyone was under any doubt as to how good Ben Redshaw was, uh, it was about the 23rd of November last year that he, he yeah. pretty much just went, this is it. Um, absolutely incredible. They're always awesome occasions, those, aren't they? They've got it's two teams that have really nice free flowing rugby and have had structure imprinted on them since sort of under 13, under 14 level, which means that they come with really good shape and can really clinically attack opposition rather than necessarily. We see a lot of schoolboy teams using their physicality, brute and force to give them a good platform and then they can play some nice rugby. But you look at Sedbury and Wellington and they can play some really nice stuff off first phase ball. And that just 
always sprouts up this idea of having double digit sort of really high scoring attacking games and hopefully hopefully the conditions don't spoil that um and that we don't get sort of a, a bit of a mud bath um I, I know it's been sort of raining all week and we could end up sort of that scuppering some of the attacking flair that we could see but i think i think it'd be really exciting to see those two teams just having a go at each other yeah big time i mean I think you're right. I think that if you look at where the bulk of the strength in those two sides is, I mean, let's be frank, there's strength everywhere. But the, yeah, to me, I look at Wellington College, I see Rory Taylor, Harrison Hall and Lloyd McKinney-Peters as a, as a combination that's, that's unbelievable. I look at, I look at Sebra and I'm looking at Wooten at at nine. I think Redshaw is playing at 12 and I see Tom Burton at 15, you know, and that's not to, that's not to dismiss the other 12 players on both sides, but mm. you know, the three standouts, uh, although Finn Baker in the uh, second row for Sebba might have a thing or two to say about that, but um, you yeah, know, certainly three of the standout guys on each side are in those kind of pivotal positions in the back line. And I just think there could be some really, uh, really exciting, exciting play. And actually I think that matchup of, Redshaw in the centres up against that Wellington centre partnership that has been so good this year could be um, could be very special. Mm. I think he might be tested in ways that he's not been tested in. I also think he will test them in ways that they've not been tested in yet because Ben Redshaw tests everybody in ways yeah. they've, they've not been tested in. Um, but I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating um, and coming so quickly on the tails of, of Millfield against Whitgift. Millfield Whitgift, on yeah. Saturday. I think I think from a from a school's championship point of view as well. If you look at sort of the 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 four as a collective, and obviously Whitgift have had a, a tough time of it. Um, they haven't been able to to get off the mark as well as they probably would have. But Sedbra have obviously only had that Whitgift game um, right at the, right at the start of the year. Yeah, um, week one. So, yeah, exactly. So, so haven't really been able to to prove themselves in any other sort of sense. Um, they they haven't had a chance to to sort of to 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 go in this competition and really stamp their name forward. Obviously, Millfield, uh, Wellington College, that game could have gone either way. So Wellington will probably feel really hard done by that result. And yeah. have also Wellington played Whitgift, haven't they? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Twenty nine, twenty eight. I think it was. It was a, a mad game. Yeah. So, so Wellington have been really tight on both sides of the score line and will feel sort of a real influx of emotion, whereas Sedbur are sort of just wanted, chomping at the bit to try and sort of yeah. get their hands on one of Millfield, Wellington, just to sort of shut them down. And I think that means that mentally and in terms of the competition as well, this is such a pivotal game. Yeah, oh, I think I think it's a it's a massive game, and yeah, you know, whichever side wins, there is a fair chance they go top. But well, certainly if Wellington College go win, they go top in in what is their final game of championship. If Sebba win, um, the likelihood is they'll probably do so by scoring four tries because that is the way that Sebba play. Yeah. Um, so they'd be level at the top with with Millfield, and uh, and we'd be looking at points difference. So it's uh, it's definitely all to play for. Um, I'm actually, we're going to reflect on Sebra a little bit more in a second because there's another game coming up on the live streams that um, Sebra are a direct reference for. Um, <laughs> but before we get there, Thursday, we are off to Seaford College for the Sussex Derby against Hurstpier Point College. Always quite a cool fixture, this. I was just looking back at the uh, the stats, though. 
last victory for Hurstbit Point College in this one, 2013. Um, they're, so they're going to have to go some to uh, to turn around to turn around recent history. Um, but I always say derby games, particularly a derby game when you start throwing live cameras in front of things, blows the whole thing wide open. You know, you, you're suddenly dealing with how do people perform under a bit more pressure? How do they how do they cope with the crowd? How do they cope with the cameras? Mm. Yeah, the, it suddenly stops being about um, necessarily what's gone before or even what's gone before in the season and starts to become, you know, how do we deal with the here and now? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that will be a really enticing game. Um, sort of looking back at that Hurstford point side, um, I mean, they've had a they've had a mixed bag season. Would, would I be wrong in sort of saying that? Yeah, um, yeah they, they've they've been sort of up and down well both sides to be fair have been, have been up and down yeah. Seaford's Seaford's results have been probably stronger than Hurstbeer points and against common opposition they've done slightly better um yeah so both you know, kind of as you say they've had they've had their moments and they've they've had their tougher times as well um but I think I think close enough that we could get we could get a really get a good really game. tasty game yeah um, I think I think it's Camford um that I was looking at earlier that they both played and I think Hurstbeer point lost by two points and Seaford won by one so we okay. should be you know mind yeah. you I was banging on about how close games have been between Millfield and uh, and Whitgift, Whitgift on, uh, yeah. on Friday and then look what ha- <laughs> look what happened there I should yeah. say actually to on Whitgift um because they've sort of been getting a bit of a hard time on it the the thing that needs to be recognized with Whitgift is that they have no fear. They put themselves in a position year after year of playing the best of the best, the best teams, and yeah. in a relentlessly difficult schedule. They front row. They they front load their fixture list so much that they play a you know, block of really hard games in a row. Um, yeah, you've got to admire that. That they just they just go out and test themselves. And mm. if you go out and test yourself, sometimes you come out on the wrong side of it. There's there's no shame in that. And um, you know, on on, uh, on Saturday, we can't ignore the fact that at one point they were down to their, they'd lost their first four scrum halves uh, mm. and ended up with their, their flanker playing scrum half and doing an admirable job, it has to be said. Mm. Max Hammond was his name and he was he was um, a bit too honest is all I'd say. He was putting the ball in very straight to the scrum. I was thinking, you can get that in your second row yeah. feet, you'll be all right, mate. Um, but it'll be interesting. But the, the big one, the big one coming up Saturday, I say the big one coming up. I mean, God, they're all big, aren't they? But the uh, the one that we the, the reason I'm so excited about it is because literally within half an hour of, before this podcast started, we confirmed this one um, as a live stream here on Next Gen 15. Clifton College against Blackrock College Saturday, two twenty p.m. Arguably the best side in England up against a team a team that is always one of the best sides in Ireland, certainly. The most storied side that the island mm-hmm. has, arguably the most storied schoolboy side in the world. I, I think wherever yeah. you go, where there's an interest in school rugby, the name Black Blackrock College is uh, is not far from the lips. Um, Brian O'Driscoll, of course, among among their alumni, along with well about 150 oh, yeah. other island internationals. I mean, <laughs> it's just nuts. Um, this is just such a special. A special occasion, um, but I suppose the reference point there, and what I was saying, we would come back to is Sedbury have played Sedbury's Blackrock game, yeah, and beat them by a point late winner. Um, given that we know Sedbury's level, we know Clifton's level, suggests we can expect something pretty tight as well here. Absolutely, um, and I think that Blackrock would have will feel as though that game sort of was there for the taking against Sedbury. 
um, for sure. And uh, you come into another game against uh, one of the even sort of better performing English sides at the moment. I mean, Clifton, no one's been able to stop Clifton really this year. Um, they've they've been un- absolutely unstoppable, putting on uh, not only sort of uh, winning every game, winning games and, and sort of doing in convincing fashion as well. I mean, there's been 50 point margins in like the far, past sort of three, four games that they've been oh, able they've to They've been play. incredible, absolutely incredible. So, so, and I think they've got the likes of Isaac Campbell Wu. I think he's just come back from injury as well. So it's it's yeah. getting to a point now where teams are, 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 are players dropping in and out, and uh, with with injuries sort of loading themselves up, and it's going to become down to on the day which team wants it more. Um, and I think that that sort of just absolutely levels the playing field between these two teams. And um, I. I I, I genuinely don't see a way this is not going to be a tight game. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's it's one of those occasions as well that just, you know, you see it on the fixture sheet and it, it just jumps off the page at you. Those, those cross-border games always do, particularly when it's England v Ireland, because I think everyone is so aware of how strong the Irish school system is. You know, the, you only have to listen to anyone talking about Irish rugby and, and Leinster rugby and, and how much they've relied on the school system and how strong it's been for them in recent times that you you, you do realize you know, these are rare and pretty special opportunities to test yourself against that um and you know if 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 the english schools can can prove to be on a level or above that level says yeah. a huge amount about that system and if the irish schools can can do the same to the english schools it suddenly makes you go geez they're, they're doing something over there aren't they they are they yeah. are absolutely smashing it and um yeah, the, I mean, these are just two two legendary schools. We thought we thought the Sedbur um, Blackrock game was special. Now we get to actually see see a similar one in the flesh. It's going to be mm. it's going to be extra cool. And dare I say it, Clifton might even be a step up from Sedbur. Um, yeah. We haven't said that much over what the last what hundred years, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is not to not to knock Clifton. It's just that Sedbur have been unbelievable. But Clifton this year. I think I might rate them as the the best side around, but I guess we'll wait until it all shakes out at the end of term to work that one out. Mm. But um, they're a very, very good team. Um, speaking of good teams, it's always always a tricky. That, that, always that a tricky was so section. professional, Angus. That was that was such a good transition. You've done this uh, slick, slick. <laughs> I, I, I'm nothing if not slick. Um, but speaking <laughs> of good teams, we. We have a look now at the limitless top five school teams of the weekend. Brought to you, well, as you as you heard at the start, they're brought to you by Limitless. Um, part of our partnership with them, they are getting behind the top five school teams of the weekend. And I tell you what, we've picked an absolute belter to uh, to begin life for with them. Um, there were some incredible performances at the weekend from sort of ones we've highlighted already: Millfield and Clifton. You know, just. Th- throwing points around against top, top teams um, you know, in, in really strong performances uh, to, you know, Brighton College and Epsom College going at it, the Judd getting another victory behind them, mm-hmm. Fimbra, as we mentioned. Um, one side, though, that, that I just want to give a shout out to is Richard Hale. State mm-hmm. School in Hertfordshire, I, th- I think they are unbeaten this season. If they're not unbeaten, they've only lost one. Um winning away on the road again at Merchant Taylor's. It's just amazing to see. Uh, yeah. And they're, you know, they're in a hell of a competitive part of the world and they are, 
they're doing some really good stuff. I've been uh, I've been dead impressed by them. Um, where else have we been? Oh, Kingston Park, Richard Metcalf Cup, RGS yes. Newcastle Durham. Used to always be at the start of the season. They moved it to November. I love a game in a stadium. Yeah, and, and the boys love it too. Just so cool. Really tight game as well. Yeah, probably not as I, I thought. That potentially RGS Newcastle would have uh, walked away with it a little bit more than they that they did. Durham gave them a, a really good showing, and um, I do think it is that that sort of occasion of being at Kingston Park. And I mean, there's not too many teams that you can get behind in the Premiership up north. So you'd imagine that ma- the majority of the players playing in that in that oh, picture yeah. were Newcastle Falcons fans. So. Um, or, or at least Newcastle Thunder. So they they, <laughs> they had they had sort of affiliation with yeah. with that ground and would have gone to it before and seen the pros playing. So I think well, you, I'm sure you would have seen some of the social media stuff as well that was coming through yeah. where they were they were getting yeah you know, ex players from both sides are obviously congregated at Newcastle Falcons because that's the that's the academy hub and they were getting messages from both sides and yeah. and the players from Falcons that were ex RGS and ex Durham were kind of jokingly going at it on social media against <laughs> each other it was it was nuts but rgs coming out on top there the other one that uh, well i suppose I'll, I'll stay in the uh, in the north of the country for the moment kirkham grammar school again just you know, relentless absolutely mm-hmm. relentless uh, and of course the only side to have beaten clifton this year which i think tells you an awful lot about kirkham woodhouse grove going to quags wakefield and getting the victory there second time this season Three points better than last time, so they're you know, mm. they're building. Um, mm. Who else is impressing me? Well, I'll come back to the south, and I, I don't know how many times I've spoken about them on this podcast, but I'm going to speak about them again. RGS Guildford, another another name mm. that you'd probably associate as being slightly above them in terms of recent rugby pedigree in St Paul's. That RGS RGS Guildford have beaten. That's St Paul's, Cranley, Epsom College. That's a big list of teams that they've. Um, they've got the better of this year and uh, deserve plenty of credit for that, I'd say. Exactly. Uh, and uh, one note, uh, result that I wanted to mention, uh, Denson 43, Mountain yeah. College nil. Um, I, I think they just they just seem to have gone from strength to strength this season after yeah. what seemed like a quite shaky start to the year. Uh, we potentially saw, thought that we'd sort of see, uh, oh, well, if Denson turn up on their day sort of, si- sort of side, but they're now sort of pumping out consistently strong performances off the back of a great uh, challenge at St. Joe's as well as that Sedba game, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, to 43-0 against Malvern College, who are, who are not a yeah, team they're that, a good side. Good side. That, that, that would roll over, um, I, I think that it's, um, yeah, another another massive result yeah. for Denston, who have just gone from strength to strength all season. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I we live streamed their game against Ipswich a couple of weeks before half term, I think it was, and they just lost that. Ipswich came yeah. out, came from behind to to win it. An amazing turnover from their um their young Italian fullback who had to step in at fly half, um, sealing the victory for them on their own try line. And afterwards, the message from Denston was that they were really disappointed with their performance, and I was thinking. No, you played pretty well. You played, <laughs> you played well. You competed really hard. You just lost out to you know an Ipswich side that's incredible, and it was an awesome comeback. I, I just kind of thought, I ah, just you know, a bit funny, a bit tough after after a loss like that. You know, fair fair play. We, you know, whatever. And then mm. 
they go to St. Joe's and they sort of, everyone raises a few eyebrows. It's looking yeah. pretty good. Then we go into half term. They come back from half term. They go up to Sedba and suddenly a narrow win against Sedba. First time to beat Sedba if you're not called Millfield since <laughs> Kirkham Grammar School in 2016. Um, and they're just, and now they're flying. And it's yeah. like, Something know, switched. I, I, Something's now, I now go back to that conversation at Ipswich and I go, oh God, you were right. Yeah. I I didn't know what you were capable of. So I was going, incredible. That was a really good effort. I nearly, nearly did it. But actually, they knew they had more in the tank and boy, have yeah. they been showing it ever since. Absolutely incredible. Um, but I guess we should uh, we should narrow narrow these thoughts. I mean, there's a load of, a load of, uh, of other top performances we've not even mentioned and who may well end up making the top five. Um, but uh, <laughs> we might as well start work on getting that top five together. Uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a first shot, Will, at, uh, at nailing your colours for a month. Like it's like a, like a draft, isn't it? Um, I think um, Finborough against St. Joe's, as we yeah. mentioned previous, um, just not not only sort of capping off what was an excellent week with sort of beating Bedford um, to, to solidify themselves in the quarterfinals of the cup, um, to then go then uh, go to St Joe's and whack a sixty point deficit. I mean, it's it rounds off a great week for them. So uh, I, I'd put Finber in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm. It's just so impressed with them, and they they deserve all the uh, all the praise they get. I think I've got to go. Having been there live. Um, I've got to put Millfield in. I thought they were so impressive in kind of every facet of the game. Um, you know, Yian Davis at nine, just he captains that team so well. He came off with about, I don't know, 15 minutes to go or something. Um, and he was still just, right, just after scoring, wasn't it? Literally scored, scored yeah. that wonder try off his, off his straight, right footed step <laughs> and, uh, and came straight off. But he was stood right under my commentary position and so I could hear him talking yeah. from the sidelines to all the players and the communication that he was giving them was incredible. It wasn't just sort of come on lads and, and all that kind of stuff. It was detailed and it was specific and it was short and sharp. Um, it was, it was really sort of mature communication. Um, I, I just think he's a, he's a wonder player, but there were, mm. God, there were so many guys that, that impressed me. Lions at 13 scored an absolute epic try. Cottrell, yeah. fullback, a, another one and Johan Emmanuel what we've already spoken about his intercept and his uh, but he had two to his name that one from a couple of inches as well um, mm. which he was very very happy about and uh, and Timmins getting across as well um, mm. I was just I was dead impressed by uh, by that Millfield performance so I'll, I'll stick them in and I'll give you uh, I'll give you another go back, Will yeah back to me um, I, 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 I would put in Woodhouse Grove but I feel as though you should do that um so I'll, I'll go with um yeah, yeah, that's definitely cheating <laughs> <laughs> i'll go with i'll go with rgs newcastle yeah um, i like that i like that shout. um uh, occasion again occasion grinding out a win um 15-8 not not the prettiest of games but everyone was nervous um so 15-8 win um yeah I, i'd give it that yeah fair um so right back to me so i'm not going to go with anyone i think that where i expected the results so trinity were absolutely outstanding against hurstbury point but i yeah. i thought they'd i thought they'd do that similar tunbridge against dulwich i think that tunbridge after 
Um, that early season loss to the Judd, I think everyone sort of ended up underrating them a bit because no one understood quite how good the Judd were. Um, mm. Tunbridge since then have kind of proven that they're they're a pretty decent side. Similar Kirk and Grammar, um, incredible result against against Leicester Grammar, but I, I sort of expect that of of Kirkham. And similarly, the Judd uh, at Langley Park, um, keeping their unbeaten run going, they deserve a shout out, but probably don't quite make the top five. Although I know they made a load of changes because they had a cup game in midweek. They've got the Trinity game this midweek. So they were stretching their resources a little bit and still came out with the result. But I think I'm going to lean towards Warwick, you know. Yeah, I, I was going to pick Warwick. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because... Northampton School for Boys are a really good team. We've we've seen that with some of their results this season, you know, knocking over Ipswich and stuff like that. And Warwick had they've had a sort of funny old season. They've had some really good results, some really tough results. But I was really interested to see how they got on because of what had happened against Sedba the week before, where they were ten nil up uh, all the way until I think it was ten minutes to go, and then and then lost. Sedba came back and won twenty one ten, and we knew what that said about Sedba. And we knew that what it said about Warwick was that they could, were capable of putting Sebra under pressure. But the question was, would they be sort of crushed by that not actually happening? Or would they go and kick on? And they pretty emphatically answered that 26-7 away at Northampton School for Boys. So I'm going to whack Warwick in, which gives us four of our five. Fimbra, mm. Millfield, RGS, Newcastle and Warwick. Where do we right. go on the last one? Who, well, who, so, are, you, who, are, you, who are you thinking of? So I'm thinking Brighton against Epsom. Yeah. Um, because I think, again, Brighton after two or three years of sort of being right up there with, with obviously competing last year with some excellent players um, like so Charlie Clare, Johnny Smith um, and, uh, and the likes of that spine again with Brighton. And then you look previous obviously, um, when they were in their sort of quote-unquote Marcus Smith era. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've had recent sort of a real sort of strengths, but I think this year have struggled um, to some extent, uh, probably not got the results in places that they would have wanted. So to, to go and sort of away from home, go get a result against Brighton, mm. um, I think stands out for me. Um, as yeah. we mentioned, the Richard Hale result, Yes, um, yeah. I'd almost having mentioned it, I'd almost forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, twenty-two nil. Yeah, nil. That's the thing, and it and it's not just the, it's not just the one game, is it? There's a, I almost feel like with them, there's an there's an element of looking at what the season is as a total and and coming back to it, and also looking at Merchant Taylors. We were we live streamed them on the Friday before that game. So what, two weeks ago now-ish, 10 days ago. And they just lost at the death to Reading Bluecoat, who are a pretty decent side. Yeah. Um, so we know that Merchant Taylors are, are, you know, a strong enough side, particularly within that circuit. And yeah, 22-0 at Merchant Taylors is, is a hell of an effort. I might lean towards Richard Hale, you know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give it to, to Richard Hale. Yeah, I think that might be where I go. All right then. Well, there we go. So, got it. The top five school teams of the weekend, brought to you by Limitless, are Fimbra, Millfield, Richard Hale, RGS, Newcastle, and Warwick. That's a tidy little five. I like that. I like that. There's a good mix Love there it. between good variety. Yeah. yeah, real variety. 
I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing all of them in a, in a little competition together. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, so that's the weekend that was. And, uh, now we've got the weekend, well, in fact, the weekend and few days that are to come. We've kind of looked at um, Wednesday, Thursday in terms of that um, Sepper Wellington game, which is going to be absolutely epic. Please join us, 4.15 for the seconds, 6 o'clock for the, uh, for the first team. Uh, and then Thursday, Seaford against Hurstbury Point College, 2.15 kickoff. But there's another couple of games on Wednesday that I think are worth looking at. We've kind of touched on the the Judd Trinity game in the Cup. Um, in fact, we've more than touched on it. We've talked about it quite a lot, but it's a, that's going to be a hell of an occasion. Um, but the other one that we've not touched on is, uh, and it's back to Suffolk again. We seem to be spending a lot of time in Suffolk yeah. this, uh, this episode. But Ipswich against St. Joseph's College. Um, there's There's some feeling there. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Yeah, uh, the the rivalry, the, the the big the big rivalry, and um, I think that both teams have probably not performed this season to their but to where they think they should probably be or could be. Um, I still think that's at different levels. I still think that Ipswich are probably sort of uh, there's a slightly stronger outfit at the moment to St Joe's, but. I mean, it's a, a neutral venue. Every sort of there's there's no there's no sort of big home crowd or anything to sway. Uh, uh, but I, what I can definitely assure you is that there will be a big crowd. Oh, for um, sure. St. Joe's <laughs> don't go anywhere without a big crowd. Um, exactly. exactly. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting one because the Ipswich are kind of as you know they they're a very good side. Um, they probably have ambitions in, of being a top five side uh i would i would rate them as probably a top 15 on the edge of top 10 side i think actually on the next with gen 15 table they're knocking around in about seventh or so but there's there's about a hair's width between seventh and 27th at the moment um yeah. but they they're a very very good team st joe's aren't on their level this year but what i would say about st joe's is st joe's can bring a level of passion when they want to that mm. basically puts them on a level with anyone when yeah. when it needs to be. Uh, and I'm pretty certain they'll be bringing that passion on Wednesday evening. I don't think that's going to be, uh, I don't think that's going to be a quiet one. It mm. should be, should be pretty spicy. Um, as should a lot of Friday night, there's loads of fixtures on Friday, but there's, there's kind of three that really stand out for me. Kirkham Grammar School taking on Ballymena Academy from Northern Ireland. That's going to be pretty cool. We've spoken about how cool Clifton versus Blackrock's going to be. Ballymena, not quite as storied as Blackrock, but I'll tell you what, some players have come out of Ballymena. I'm pretty sure Willie John McBride might be. He certainly may have grown up there. I'm, I'm drifting beyond my own knowledge sphere, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain he's from he's from that neck of the woods. Um, and Kirk and Grammar, well, we know we know all about them. That's a that's a cracking fixture, and yeah, tasty to have a sort of Ireland v England battle. The night before the the sort of the big yeah. one. I mean, well, to rate one as bigger than the other is probably a bit unfair. They're both pretty big, but uh, very tasty warm up. That yeah, I I I, I can only agree with you. Uh, I think that um, both teams. Uh, it's, I love the idea of them being unknown quantities to each other. Yeah, I love a game where there's just no comparison. Well, you can't go, oh, well, they've beaten them, so oh no, therefore statistically they're probably the favourites. Yeah. Like you can, there's no, there's no sort of mutual link. So it, it means that it just comes down to which 15 is going to be better during that 70, 80 minutes. So it's um, so exciting like that. 
Yeah, I, I also think there's that thing, isn't there, where sometimes you go into a fixture, particularly particularly at school level, um, where you don't necessarily have the, the depth of, of playing experience, where the reputation of who you're playing often plays more havoc on your mind than it should. Yeah. Whereas with these two being complete unknown quantities to, to each other, you know, Balamina aren't arriving going, oh, Kirk and Grammar are a hell of a side. They're turning yeah. up going, we're playing this English school. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Whereas everyone else that Kirkham face are going, oh, you've got to be on it today as Kirkham. Yeah. You can almost get into your own head. Um, so that, that'll be really interesting. And speaking of two teams that can, um, can certainly get into people's heads before they've, uh, before they've even laced a boot. Um, Harbury College Bulls against Millfield. <laughs> it's, it's going to be, uh, so Harbury College Bulls are the under 17 side of Harbury College. Yeah. Uh, Millfield, I suspect, will also put out a, a younger a team. sort of youngish, under 17-ish team, um, which is a bit of a shame, but it, because it could be such a great fixture. It may well still be such a great fixture, but Harbury, I think with the Bulls side, they played, they drew with um, Kirk and Grammar School. They lost against Clifton. I'm not sure if lost they played Clifton, anything yeah. else. Um, yeah, they're playing big, big schools. I'd just so love it if it was the full Hartbury team playing yeah. the full Clifton, the full Kirk and the full Millfield. Yeah, those are, those would be great fixtures. Right. And I, I don't really know why they're not the full fixtures, if I'm honest. I, I, yeah. I don't think the gap would be, would be, well, in fact, I think there wouldn't be a gap, is my honest view. No. I think it would be really even. I, I, I don't know. I think it's such a shame. It's that, it's that, it's that worry and fear of just mixing ACE and, and, and schools teams and colleges and sort of um, yeah. potentially just potentially opening the floodgates. But I think, but a uh, Hartbury, Hartbury have done it time and time again. You look when when you times like the seventh circuit, and we get where just anyone can join in. Hartbury yeah. College are always are always up and messing around with with the big dogs of schoolboy rugby, yeah. and and they will they will again this year, and they will the next year, and they they've always produced top level players. So I don't, yeah. I, I would I would love to see them just go go on then let's let's have one big game and and sort of see where it goes. I'd absolutely love it, you know, and and I I genuinely couldn't pick which way it would go. There's such different styles of rugby. The Ace Colleges tend to play quite a professional-looking game in terms of it, it quite structure-heavy, quite quite carry-heavy. The mm. school teams tend to play a more um, a more expansive, a more sort free of flying. free-flowing and slightly riskier form of rugby. Um, it's not that one is right or one is wrong. It's just they're different, and to see that mm. contrast with the very best that each has available would be would be incredible. But I do think that match either way will still be incredible because such is the depth that both both Hartbury and uh, and Millfield have. Um, it'll be it'll be pretty epic. As will over in the northeast, Durham against Barnard Castle. Two two big teams in a row for Durham. RGS Newcastle last week, Barnard Castle this week. It doesn't get any easier. But no. uh, I'll have to see that pushing themselves and getting big fixtures under the lights on a Friday. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't stop. Barnard Castle I think have also had a good run of form, sort of two, three games winning um in in the past in the past couple um so uh, and a, a big result on on the weekend um so so yeah I, again uh, another big game another treat for the northeast so yeah, can't complain. Exactly. 
Um, then we're into Saturday in that that live game, um, Clifton College against Blackrock College. Please do join us. Two twenty kickoff for that one. Very specific time, but it is I'm told <laughs> two twenty. Um, and then there's there's loads and loads of others. We we don't have time to get into all of them, but certainly one I'm gonna get your view on, Will, given uh, given that you're a resident of the place. Um, Bedford against Harrow. Yeah, tough game. Tough game for Bedford, but awesome, awesome opportunity. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Bedford undefeated uh, in the first half of term. Um, went up to Merchiston, didn't have the tournament they would have liked, and have um, sort of had a, a tricky time of it. Um, the second half of term, um, and have uh, sort of lost out on multiple occasions. Had a, a tricky game against Oakham at the weekend, and scoreline not really reflecting the performance. Um, and then Harrow turning up, who just seemed to obviously oh. have that 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 result against Eton, um, which um, is always a bit yeah. of a grudge match. And they'd rotated uh, a lot for that because they just yeah. they'd just had Hampton. God, incredible! Exactly, and um, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be a, a difficult day out. But um, Bedford have only have only now lost once at home in the past uh, two three years. Um, so I, I think that. They've tried to create a little bit of a fortress, um, and um, only sort of been was only toppled by um, Oakham at the weekend. So, um, and that's, so an yeah. all, that's an awesome Oakham side, as we've already said. Exactly, exactly. T- tough run of fixtures, Oakham and then and then Harrow. In given the form of both of those teams this year, um, yeah, I mean, oh, to be honest, I, I just think it's such a it's such a pleasure to. Um, to be able to see Arrow at the moment, same as same as kind of Trinity, Clifton, Millfield at the moment, just the, yeah. so the, the level is just incredible. Um, but Bedford have done it before and can do it again, that's for sure. They've had plenty of strong performances. Um, loads and loads of other big fixtures. We're not going to get into them too much because we've not got huge amounts of time, but Cheltenham Sherbin's a big one. Stamford Oakham, I'm really interested in. Hampton Cranley now also Rugby Warwick as well. Yeah, really like the look of that. That could be a really good one in the context of sort of what Warwick's last week or so has been like. Yeah. Rugby probably not quite at the level since half term that they were beforehand. Can yeah. they get back up there? Um, cracking cracking school clash, John Fisher, St. Benedict's. Um, loads and loads of good games going on. One that really intrigues me, and I, I guess we won't really know what context to put on this game until after tomorrow, is Brighton mm. College against Judd. Um, Judd, if they were, if they didn't have a cup tie against Trinity in midweek, would be looking at this and going, "God, imagine if we took Tunbridge and Brighton College in the mm. same season." They'd be so excited about it, and they will still be so excited about it. But naturally, they're going to have a huge amount of uh, of resources going into into Wednesday's encounter, but. One way or think, another, that's a hell of a game, and it's yeah. quite high pressure for Bryan College as well. You know, they found a bit of form of late, and now they're about to be tested big time against a side that they really will not want to go down against. I think the, the judge will see this week as their as their biggest week yet, and yeah. um, and I think will try and r- rally themselves through that. Um, lose to Trinity and that Brighton game becomes massive because you're just trying to pick up that momentum, sort of trying to finish on a high um, with not many uh, games left of, of this term and beat Trinity and you, you're on an all-time high 
and Brighton College start looking at that fixture going, right, okay, we've yeah. really we've really got we've really got to pull our socks oh, up here. It could be one of the great weeks in in the Judd's uh, rugby history, um, mm. if it if it all goes to plan, uh, one way or another, it's going to be it's going to be very cool. Also worth mentioning, the Scottish School Cup semi finals take place this Saturday. Stuart's Melville against Edinburgh Academy and Strathallan versus Merkiston Castle. I've been keeping an eye on those results, and um, Edinburgh Academy have done yeah. really well this year. Strathallan have a really tidy program getting put together. Nick Hill uh, has been doing some great work there. Everyone knows about Merkiston Castle. Um, and Stuart's Melville are pretty much as, as famous as Merk- Merkiston Castle as well. So mm. they're, they're some cracking games up in Scotland this uh, this weekend. And um, I think it's in next weekend or it might be the midweek. Either way, the final is uh, is at Murrayfield and... Um, Murrayfield's been a pretty cool place to be of late, so I uh, yeah I think they'll be uh, they'll be gunning for that one. Um, last little bit we'll do though, will um, next next week uh, when when Dan's back from America, we're going to be looking at the uh, the greatest school coach of the last decade to coach our greatest school fifteen of the last decade. Uh, so we're going to wait for Dan to do that one on the basis that he's um, well he's coached. Um, <laughs> for sure. One better well, than both of us. Well, you know, it always helps. Um, uh, I, I did accidentally call myself a coach rather than a commentator in uh, in comms on Saturday, but I'm uh, I'm de- very much not a coach, not really a commentator. But you know, do what I can. Um, but uh, so we've got we've put this team together: Benno Abano, Alfie Barbary, Finn Baxter in the front row, uh, Christians, a jog poke in the second row, Ben or Tom Curry. Uh, alongside Ben Earl and Zach Mercer in the back row, Alex Mitchell, Marcus Smith, the halfbacks, Cameron Redpath and Ollie Lawrence in the midfield, Cassius Cleese, Gabriel Libertoy, Lewis Liner, the back three. And then last week I picked a bench, which was largely just made out of people that were unlucky to miss out. Well, they were all unlucky to miss out, but um, some of them were simpler than others because they were a straight shootout. For instance, the front row, Jack Walker, Bevan Rob, Marcus Street, second in line for those starting positions Hugh Tizard in the second row back row was really easy to find a replacement for because it was the other one of the Curry brothers that we bottled out mm-hmm. on choosing between um, back replacements got a bit interesting because I was basically determined that I was having Tom Whiteley in there ended yeah. up settling on him as sort of 9-10 everything cover um, but because he's there that meant I didn't have to pick a 10 on the bench so I could put Lennox and Yanwu in the 22 shirt and I went Darren Atkins at 23 um, so we've sort of settled on our, but ours, but I thought since I've got you here, anyone that you would have, uh, you would have wanted to put a shout in to get into that team or into the 23 at least. Um, I, 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 I don't see much issue with that. Um, with that yeah, see, team. Now, now um, you're just being nice. Cause let me tell you, the comment section is not saying that. Oh, well, of course, of course, of course they're not Angus. No one, <laughs> no one's ever satisfied. Um, but, uh, Ooh, I think uh, a key point here, something that you, I, I can, I've just flagged by, by looking at this 23 is the actual, the, the, the lack of players who have played fullback for schoolboy rugby who have then gone on to continue that into fine form in their professional era. We've got Lewis Liner, yeah. who you've got to say has been shoehorned in at 15. Um, and um, Darren Atkins, who in comparison to 
well, I, I don't know if Darren, if you're listening, then uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but you haven't have haven't been able to to reach potentially the heights that we thought he would have been able to when he was at Millfield. Um, yeah. So it's I, I I just thought that was an interesting way to slide myself out of that tricky question that you asked me, Angus. I think that that's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, the interesting one we we considered, I, I suppose, was um, Tom Parton, who was at Wellington College. Who, yeah. Yeah. He's he's. Well, he had sort of nailed down his fullback place at, at London Irish until a certain Henry Arundel um, started yeah. <laughs> uh, started knocking around. But but, but, um, but now that now that but now he's off Saracens. Saracens, yeah. and I think that that's a that's a perfect fit. And Alex Good will set off will sail off into the sunset. Tom mm. Parson, I think, will be will become that Alex Good. Yeah. And maybe if we do it in in the next ten years, will Tom Parton be one of the names yeah. first names that we put on that team sheet? Yeah. Um, I should say that Lewis Einer, we haven't shoehorned him in at fullback. We've shoehorned no, we him played, in the we, professional sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, he played, played, played fullback for school, but yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. I know. What you uh, mean. It's interesting. I, I'm just um, talking about the translation yeah. from from schoolboy to professional era. I mean, you you, you see that, and you, you talk about Tom Whiteley, who I think has probably probably even played at hooker at schoolboy level, didn't he? He, he, he just could, he, he could just have done crack anything. anything. You, You'd whack, yeah. you'd whack him in a tight head and say, don't worry about the scrummaging, mate. We'll just, exactly. we'll just, you know, we just need to get you in the team. Exactly. Absolutely um, incredible. The, the, yeah, the, I mean, the positions we found that there was loads of debate. Well, back row, there wasn't a lot of debate. There were a lot of no, options, but the ultimate answer was quite obvious. Um, the scrum half debate was an interesting one because obviously you've got Jack Van Portfleet and Rafi Quirk who are in the England team as, as kids. Um, yeah. But we sort of ended up in this debate really between Alex Mitchell and, and Jack Maunder because of what they've done as schoolboys and we were kind of looking at what people have done as schoolboys. So it's all it was all quite interesting. Um I think I think potentially as a, a a cool little side note, as a combination, the fact that you had Jack Van Portfleet and Sam Costello both oh, playing yeah. in the same Oakham team Incredible. as nine and ten, and now have obviously well both played internationally at the yeah. weekends. Like I think that's quite a cool sort of not that you have to have the combinations, but I'd say oh, it's a great combination, team, isn't it? If we if we asked for these twenty three players to 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 come out and turn up for a game, and which of course they all willingly would. Um, um, well, I'll tell you what. On that, not to interrupt you, but uh, we actually did get a message from Lewis Liner saying, "Can we get this team together?" So, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe look, it's, if you, if you maybe it's in the it, offing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the barbarians think, like, are playing a lot at the moment. Yeah, barbarians versus school fifteen. That'd oh, be cool. Right, someone write that down. Um, preferably someone with a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> um, if, if we, for sort of pure chemistry purposes, the fact that Van Portfleet and Costello played with each other and obviously came through the ranks at Leicester, San Costello's obviously moved on to go pursue his Welsh dreams, but. Um, I think that's a cool little side note. Yeah, that'd be that. a very that'd be a very cool um, a very cool combination, wouldn't it? But um, I, I tell you what, the other the other one, not to not to keep dragging the uh, the chat around the team out too much, but the uh, the combination I keep looking at and loving, partly because it is now a pro combination, is Redpath and Red Lawrence. Redpath Lawrence, yeah. with, with Marcus Smith feeding them the ball, absolutely outrageous. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. To think, to think that we could have had that for England if 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 Eddie Jones had made up his mind on Red Path a little bit quicker. 
then I'm, I'm then, still waiting on my my dream team Scotland 10 12 13 in in a few years time of uh, once uh, once Finn Russell hangs out the boots of uh, Finn Smith at 10 Cameron Redpath at 12 and Fraser Dingwall at 13 it can still happen it can still happen <laughs> the England rejects um, yeah, absolutely brilliant well I I yeah I, I I think I think it'll be interesting to see where those boys go in terms of international selection yeah, well, shout out to Finn Smith training with the uh, with England England. squad this week. Um, but we've seen that before. We, you know, Cameron Redpath's been there. We've seen. I think uh, uh, even I've it. been there at this point. Yeah, I think Eddie's, the amount of apprentice players. That yeah, Eddie's called everyone. People up. like do you remember Josh Josh Hodge being an apprentice player for about eighteen months. Yeah, poor boy a... is poor boy held so many tackle bags. He, he he must have been. Yeah, it's just been going it's just not mad. just not right, is it? Just not right. But um, yeah, I can I can still hold out a bit of hope that Finn Smith gets his Scotland cap before too long, because um, that's a combination <laughs> I can't wait to see Finn Russell with Finn Smith coming yeah. off the bench. That'd be lovely. Um, Will, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, what's uh, yeah, what's coming you. up with Young Rugby? What's the uh, what's next on the list? Ooh. Oh, we've we've got we've got lots of stuff lined up. Um, uh, loads more on on YouTube um, that, we're, that we're trying to get out. Trying to um, get some good video format of talking about these exact sort of debates. So um, if, you, if you if you like like what you've heard here and and have managed to listen through some of my opinions, then uh, if you <laughs> head on on YouTube, Young Rugby, we've got a, a little bit more there as well. People love so again, just it's something to disagree with. Exactly, exactly. Just to annoy people. That's all I'm here for. Exactly, exactly. Well, you can catch Will on at Young Rugby uh, on all platforms. So do uh, do check out what they're up, up to. You can get in touch with us on at NextGen15 on all platforms as well. And you can listen to this and indeed watch it if you're that brave on Acast, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Please do subscribe, rate, review, etc. And uh, we will see you next week where uh, where Dan Richards will be back in the hot seat to talk to us about that coach of the year. Will, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And we will catch you all next week. There we go. Cheers, mate.